I was really nervous about this this morning, but I just love the fact that looking out, it is, this is family, isn't it? So there's no need to sort of worry about anything because I'm just spending time with my family this morning, which is great. Um, so we are working through our Just Jesus series, as Andy's already said. And the goal of this series is not to encourage us to do more, but to move us towards becoming something. It's to help us to become people who see, admire, and love Jesus more and more. It's about input rather than output. Last week, we heard about how we've moved from being in Adam to in Christ, and we learned about the transition that came from that. So this week, we'll be looking at what it means to be in Christ. And the passage that will be guiding us through this message is in Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. Now, as I read this, listen out for all the references to in Christ and in him throughout the passage. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance and to the redemption of those who are in God's possession, to the praise of his glory." This is a very rich passage, as you probably noticed, and if we were to delve into it and every aspect of it, we'd be here until at least 2023. So I'll be primarily focusing on the expression in Christ that runs throughout it. Um, Before we start, I want us to take a moment to just pray again um, and wait on the Holy Spirit because, you know, I can talk about this stuff, but unless he embeds it into our souls, it's kind of just empty words. So um, just take a moment to pause. And Holy Spirit, we ask that right now you would be revealing more of yourself to us. That the truths that come out of this passage from your word would root themselves in our hearts, in our minds, that they would become so true to us this morning, that we would be shaped and changed by the people that you are creating us to be. Thank you that you have already done everything that needs to be done in order for us to become who we need to be and that we can trust you. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would be revealing more of yourself in us this morning. Amen. Okay, so the most common description in the scriptures of a follower of Jesus is that he or she is a person in Christ. This demonstrates what defines us as Christians. It's not that we say we're Christian. It's not that we go to church, read the Bible, or just have good morals, even though all those things are part of what it means to be a believer. What distinguishes a Christian from everyone else 
is that we are in Christ. And it is this truth that defines our identity and who we are at our core. This is the truth that keeps us steadfast in a world so often rocked by identity crisis, so often rooted in comparison. In the process of, so in the process of learning what it means to be in Christ this morning, we'll also be looking at what life looks like in the world, what it looks like when we mistakenly place our identity in other things before we move on to the life-giving truth of being in Christ. So the timing of this preach was really key for me because I've actually been working through some of this sort of identity stuff myself recently. Um, Six months ago, I started a new job in a um, secular workplace, so with non-Christians for the most part. And um, for sort of the two years prior, I'd worked in a Christian workplace. Now, I've worked in dozens of secular workplaces before and absolutely loved it. It's been great. But for some reason, this time round, I was really conflicted by the desire to fit in and just be like everyone else and then also wanting to be who I was called to be in Christ and it was and even though no one put pressure on me to be someone I wasn't there was just in my head I felt like I needed to be like everyone else in order to fit in I need to be more worldly I need to talk more like them be more like them in order to fit in and be liked and it just resulted in me feeling exhausted because I felt like I was constantly wearing this mask And even wearing that mask didn't make me feel accepted. Now, if I'd been more secure, if I'd been more aware of my identity in Christ um, and who he made me to be, then I would have been less afraid of being rejected and would have saved myself a lot of heartache and striving. Um, And in the end, even though fear of rejection is a natural core fear for humans, it's just something that seems to be inbuilt to us, we need to be absolutely centered in Christ so that that fear doesn't rule us. Um, We need to be secure in the knowledge and security of his opinion of us and who we are in Christ. And when we can declare that over our lives, when we believe that with everything we are, that truth utterly eclipses every other opinion that we may face in life. So, and it might be those opinions will be both vocalized and, in my case, imagined, which is often one of the most common things we do, is we just tend to imagine people's opinion of us, and they haven't even thought that, but we're really good at creating more problems for ourselves. Um, So I'm sure I'm not alone in feeling this way. So have you ever felt alone because you you felt like you didn't fit in? Have you ever cared so much about what people thought of you that you lost sleep at night over it? Have you ever worn a metaphorical mask to fit in, pretending to be someone you're not? Now, I'm not suggesting there isn't room for personal growth and change, as the Bible speaks of becoming, you know, kinder, more loving, and so on and so forth. What I'm talking about is allowing other people's opinions to shape who we are and putting our identity in what this world tells us to be, rather than put in our identity in who God says we are. So in the process of preparing this preach, I decided to look up the word in, in the dictionary, to see if there was anything that might help me develop a deeper understanding of the words and sort of what the expression of being in Christ actually meant. Now, that probably sounds ridiculous because, you know, you learn in, under, on as a child. So I was like, what does in mean? Um, But actually, it was really interesting because many of the definitions for what in is are related to what is 
popular at a particular moment. So what is in fashion? What is modern? What fad is in? Um, and I think this demonstrates the, stark, demonstrates the stark contrast between what it means to be in this world rather than what it means to be in Christ. So what is in in this world is a temporary state. It's here one day and gone the next. Fashion is in one day and gone the next. I mean, who would have thought that flares would be back in fashion one day? And and bandanas. People are actually wearing bandanas nowadays. I mean, I was obsessed with those as a child. And then I looked back over photos of them a few years later and wanted to burn all the photos of me wearing them. And now they're in again. And um, it's one of those things where it's just clothes. In one day, out the next. There'll be so many things that will come in and out all the time. Um, And it's the same with everything in this world. Artists are in and out. A few years ago, we would have been obsessed with the Spice Girls and Brad Pitt. Now we're obsessed with Timothy Chalamet with the excellent jaw. Hairstyles are in and out. Who here had coloured streaks at any point in their lives? You know, the little bits where you just dyed random streaks in your hair. All the blonde tips that guys used to have. You know, NSYNC made those... Fashionable, I feel old now. Um, <laughs> so makeup styles are in and out. Years ago, we wanted our eyebrows like stick, stick insects. Now we're trying to turn them into fluffy caterpillars. I think we're just slowly working our way through the insect kingdom. There's nothing innately wrong with following fashion or makeup trends. Much of these things are just outward artistic expressions of who God's created us to be. And some of these things actually bring us joy. Um, as we celebrate who God's made us. However, they're not meant to control our worth and who we are. As in the end, in this world, nothing remains the same. We cannot put our identity in this, what this world tells us to be. You cannot rely on Apple. You cannot rely on great eyebrows. You cannot rely on TikTok. As worthy carriers of your identity and your self-worth, It is a huge error to place our identity into anything as fragile as these sorts of things. To allow your identity to be in anything outside of God is like the man who built his house upon the sand. In the end, not only do fashions change, but people's opinions of us shift and shake. Placing our identity in anything this world has to offer us leaves us standing on shaky ground, emotionally on a high one day and then crashing down the next. Then there's this to add to the persona we create. We scan through social media and compare our backstages to other people's spotlight moments and wonder why we feel so invisible, so unseen and so worthless, as if fame really ever brought anyone joy. When we base our security and our identity on the views of others, not just only on the people around us, but on the millions of other voices screaming at us from this, it's, it's no wonder we're exhausted from trying to impress everyone. Our culture runs of, on comparisons, and when we build our castle on the sand of positive feedback, likes, followers, so on and so forth, we, it's easy to have the ground taken again from underneath us the next day by a criticism, a snub, or a negative word that someone says to us. In the end, there's only one in that counts. There's only one in that will last forever, that will never shift or shake, 
that will never let you down or let you go. In Christ alone, our hope is found. He is our light, our strength, our song. He is our cornerstone, our solid ground, and here in his life we can stand. In him we stand firm and we can be totally secure and assured. So yeah, we've looked at what we, it looks like we put our identity in anything other than Christ and how like, fallible that is. So let's delve into what it means to actually have our identity rooted in Christ. So when I was trying to work out best how to express this, um, I pondered about whether it was sort of like being like a hand in a glove or I sort of visualized myself sort of, you know, disappearing into Christ and just like vanishing completely as who I was. Um, we need to understand that being in Christ isn't just becoming like a carbon copy of him, like being little robots with none of our own distinct personalities. Um, to be in Christ isn't to lose our identity in terms of our, our personal interests, our personality traits. Um, we've inherited his likeness and his image, but he's also given us sort of individual aspects of our own personalities. So to be in Christ isn't to lose our identity, it's about becoming more of who we are. It's about restoration, not about a complete overhaul of who we were created to be. So when you were formed in your mother's womb, he didn't plan on one day completely erasing everything he'd created. You were made with a purpose to be whole in him and to find who you are in him. So... We are forgiven and restored to relationship with him and we inherit the blessings of heaven and eternal life through being in him. And the rest of it is an adventure of growing with him through the freedom we find. So how did we become in Christ? Through his death, Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross, erasing any claim that the enemy had on us, stripping us of our shame and allowing us to be ourselves without fear. To be in Christ is to be utterly enveloped in his holiness, his goodness. To be in Christ is to take on his freedom, his joy, his courage, his peace. It gets us to our core. It's like almost like something extra being added into our DNA. It kind of intertwines with everything that we already are. And when we accept Jesus, we are baptized in water because it's a symbol of our partaking in the death of Jesus and having our sins and our shame nailed to the cross, and then we are resurrected into that new life with him and made new in him. And you are made new, and his, if you've accepted him, his presence now dwells in you. And there's no separation now between you and him, and there never will be. Stephen Furtick, um, an American preacher, said, God doesn't want to sandblast our identities he is a creator and a restorer. We are not simple creatures that can be easily duplicated and placed into one mold. We are complicated and that makes us precious. And maybe we've added parts to our identity that shouldn't be there because people have told us they should be. And so we try to be something we're not. But he designed you as you are and he delights in you. The message version of the Ephesians passage echoes this really beautifully. Long before he laid the earth's foundation, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. It is in Christ that we find out who we are 
and what we are living for. So there at the very beginning of the universe when stars were birthed and land was formed, he already knew you, he'd thought of you. He knew what your hair color would be, how tall you'd be and the shape of your nose. He already knew that he'd make Natalia a singer. He knew that he'd make Faye Hancock a painter and Rachel a writer. He knew he'd make Dan Killington funny and Helen Southey strong. He knew who we would be and he knew who we would become. And he knew that our truest selves can only be found as we draw near to him. And as we get to know him better and learn about how he sees us, we become who we're truly supposed to be. And this is the light for our path every day of our lives. So what do we need to do now? How does this all work? What application is there? And the truth is there is no real application here. Um, The truth is you don't need to do anything. It's already been done. When you accepted him as your savior, you became in Christ and all of the truths about him now apply to you. And although we need ongoing spiritual nourishment, we still need the word, we need prayer and we need praise. These things don't make us more Christ-like, but they just energize the truth that is already inside of us. They help us to realize who we already are. What we actually need is to believe what is already true about us and what has been done for us. Now, if our frame of reference is off in regards to who we think we should be, then we're going to try and make ourselves into something that we're not. We don't need the world's approval, which is like shifting sand. We need to know who God says we are, which is a solid and firm foundation that we can rely upon and build our lives on. And as we grow in the understanding of who God is and how he sees us and learn to love him as much as he loves us, all of the rest of it will come into alignment because we, we become like the ones we spend time with. So as we spend time in relationship with God, we will become more like him and realize who we truly are. So as we draw to a close, I want to read a few biblical truths over you. And I'm going to ask God to reveal himself to you in a new way this morning. I don't want you to go away thinking, I want you to do this, this, and this. I want you to just, in this moment, absorb the truth of what the Bible says about you. I want you to realize how much he loves you, how special you are, and how you are so loved by the creator of the universe. And if you don't yet know Jesus, I hope this list encourages you to get to know him for yourself. So Father, I ask that as I read this list over us, that it would be a truth that would absolutely vibrate through every element of who we are. I might, you might find it helpful just to shut your eyes and just, take, just really let this truth come into you this morning. You are chosen by the creator of the universe. In Christ, you are holy, blameless, cleansed, forgiven. You have been saved from darkness into light. Through Jesus, you are adopted into his family and you are God's special child. You are absolutely loved and adored by him beyond measure. In him, you are redeemed and free from any condemnation from the enemy. He has a plan and a purpose for you that is not dependent on your ability to accomplish it. 
You are fearfully and wonderfully made and you are not a mistake. You are God's possession and you belong. You are not alone. He is always, always with you. You are made new. The old has gone and the new has come. You have access to the throne room of God through Jesus. You are a conqueror, an overcomer. You are the image and the glory of God. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You are sufficient because of his sufficiency. You are strong even when you are weak. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You are clothed in him. You are complete. You are enough. You are a friend of God. The enemy has been defeated, crushed under the feet of Jesus, and now you are triumphant in all things in Christ. You are free.